You are listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast with pastors Andy Smith and Kim Kylo of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Thanks for joining us and worshiping with us. Hello, St. John's. This is the Alter Echo Sermon Podcast for September 19th. We have had a lot going on here at St. John's. It's a busy time of year um, with Sunday school kicking off this past week and um, continuing this coming Sunday. On Wednesday, we gathered with a whole bunch of fifth through ninth graders with a firm and a blaze and our very first week of bonfire small groups. And it, it was just a gorgeous evening for bonfires. Really fun to get Um, Our young people gathered together uh, to start growing in faith and um, just learning more about themselves and exploring together. Uh, This Sunday, we will be kicking off adult Christian education with a look into our lectionary book for the year, We Make the Road by Walking by Brian McLaren. So join us for that on Sunday. uh, And this is our second week in that sermon series for the year. So our text for this Sunday Come to us, um, the first continues in the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verses 4 through 9 and 15 through 25, which reads, These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In that day the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, when no plant of the field was yet in the earth, and no herb of the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no one to till the ground. But a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there God put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Then skipping ahead to verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make for him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground, the Lord formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what the man would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to the cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man, there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of the man this one was taken. 
Therefore, a man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, but they were not ashamed. And the second reading, the gospel reading for this Sunday, comes from Mark chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. Again, Jesus entered the synagogue, and a man was there who had a withered hand. They watched him to see whether Jesus would cure on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, come forward. Then he said to them, is it lawful to do good or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save life or to kill? But the crowd was silent. Jesus looked around at them with anger. He was grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man, stretch out your hand. The man stretched it out and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against Jesus how to destroy him. Here ends the reading of the gospel. People of God, child of God, what do you see when you look in the mirror? What do you see when you look into the mirror? Are you quick to see the beauty that is there? Or do you first notice the flaws? Do you look at the image of God reflected in the mirror with awe and wonder? Or do you see its imperfections? Do you enjoy what you see when you look in the mirror? Or are you drawn to the things that you would like to change? Are your eyes and your mind filled with gratitude at what you see in the mirror? Or are you drawn to what is disappointing, what you wish was not as it is? Do you see the strength and the honor and the dignity of all that your body is and can do and can accomplish? Or do you see the ways that it does not live up to the standards that are portrayed in advertisements and media with all of the glory of Photoshop? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Being human means that it is difficult for us to remember that everything we see and everything we don't see beneath the surface was created in the image of God. Being human might also mean that it can be difficult for us uh, and that our instincts do not borrow God's words when we look in the mirror and say instantly, oh, isn't that good? Or say to ourself, I am good. Because as we heard in Genesis today, in the beginning, we had two choices. That in the beginning, we had, the, we were faced rather with two trees, the tree of life, or the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The first choice, the tree of life, is the tree of aliveness, the tree that includes health and strength and thriving and fruitfulness and growth and vigor as McLaren says in his book and in this chapter that we read for today. But on the other hand, there is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. 
the tree that beckons out our desire to play God ourselves. The tree that insists that we cannot trust God's instincts and God's judgment of seeing things and seeing us ultimately as good, but draws out instead a temptation within us to judge for ourselves between good and evil. And inevitably, of course, because we are not God and we are not qualified to play God, our judgments go awry and we misjudge all that God has called good. And we misjudge whom God has called good. When we choose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we inevitably misjudge ourselves, others, creation, and the world around us as evil, unworthy, invaluable, rather, unvaluable, worthless, or dead. Perhaps that's precisely what the man was afraid of when he entered the synagogue in the reading from Mark today, seeking Jesus, seeking aliveness, seeking healing, seeking wholeness. Perhaps the man with the withered hand entered the synagogue and was afraid of being misjudged as unimportant, unworthy, judged as wicked or somehow undeserving, judged as evil or as lacking in some way because of his hand. But Jesus, of course, in the true Jesus way, invited him to come forward. And for Jesus, he asked simply one question. Is it lawful, Jesus asked, to do good or to do harm, to do to save life or to kill? For Jesus, of course, there is no question. He's simply posing rhetorically to those who are out to get him what really is at the heart here of this man's unspoken request for healing. Jesus does not skip a beat. And for him, there is no question because Jesus clearly judges even when we do not judge clearly. Jesus sees in this man what he does not see in himself. Jesus sees in us what we do not see in ourselves. Jesus, God himself, sees the goodness in us, in each of us, that God created even when all that we see is shame and pain and scar. Jesus sees the goodness in us when we have forgotten. Because Jesus can see goodness, Jesus also calls forth renewed aliveness in us and a deeper aliveness in us. When the man followed Jesus' command to stretch out his hand, it was more than just his hand that was restored. For the man with the no longer withered hand, he received in a new way, a renewed sense of his self, a renewed sense of dignity, of worth and belonging. His aliveness, 
came uh, came to be in him in a way that had not been in probably quite some time. And that, people of God, is precisely why, I think, in Genesis 2, God declares for the very first time in the history of creation that something isn't good. Did you catch what it was? God looked at the first human, the first person, the first man, and said, it is not good that the man should be alone. God declares that it is being alone that is not good because after the people ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they no longer lived unashamed. Once they ate of the fruit of that tree that God had put a boundary around and said, eat anything your little heart desires, but do not eat of only this one tree. The people saw in a way that they did not have to see, in a way that they instantly misjudged themselves in some way and became forever trapped in the lie of shame and have been stuck in that lie ever since. So why does God say that it is not good for the person to be alone? Why does God know in God's infinite wisdom that that it is not good for any of us to be alone? Because God knows that when we are left only to our own judgments, we do not judge ourselves the way that God does. We do not look in the mirror at what we can see and at what lies beyond the surface that we cannot see. We do not look at ourselves and say, it is good. So it is not good for us to be alone, people of God, because because the lie of shame engulfs us so completely and so strongly that we need someone to remind us from time to time, every day perhaps, what God sees in us that we do not see in ourselves. We need someone to look at us with different eyes and speak to us the promise of God that was spoken to us in creation and say, child of God, you are created in God's own image. You are good. And in those relationships, living into those relationships, we do mirror the image of God to one another, speaking aliveness, speaking truth, and speaking hope and beauty to one another when we cannot see it in our own selves. Let us give thanks to God that God always has seen us as good, that God will always see us as good, and that part of the gift of the image of God is hearing from one another that God will always see us and always judge us with goodness and mercy all the days of our lives. Thanks be to God. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. 
Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. Hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.